Welcome back to On The Outside. And Marcus Taylor, I tell you what, I am very, very excited because in less than a week, it is Ashes time and uh, looking like it could be a little bit wet. Yes, it does, Vanders. I'm also very excited um, for a slightly different reason. I, the Ashes are coming, but in celebration of the Ashes arriving, I, I always take, I don't know about you, I always take the day off work because I've got to watch the first day of the first test. So every summer... I take the first day off work to watch the first day of the first test. And I've even bought a new television for the occasion. It's literally the debut will be Alex, the same as Alex Carey's debut. It's going to be fantastic. Well, that is exciting. I hope you uh, have a bit of a play with it earlier. So it's not, you're not turning it the on at, at the start of the test. Yes, the TV, not Alex Carey. But whatever he needs to do to get into the game. Um, yeah, that is exciting. I myself will probably just be flicking it on at work. I did a bit of a test yesterday to see if my uh, if I could get it streaming at work and all uh, mm-hmm. all signs pointed to yes. Uh, like my desk sort of faces away from anyone else. So I have about 30 seconds prep time if anyone's walking around behind me. So that is exciting time for me and I'm looking forward to, to actioning that over the summer. 25 days, so not too much time lost um, at all. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think I'd work better. A little bit of motivation there. So, no, I agree with that. I agree with that, Vanders. We are looking forward to it. Uh, we are in particular looking forward to Patrick Cummins being the new skipper. How do you feel about that? Because last week you predicted that it would be the, uh, the Cummins-Smith duo. How do you feel about Paddy Cummins? Now that it's here, are you on board with it? Yeah, I am. I'm, uh, I'm excited. I think it's going to go well. Um, I think, to be honest, it's it's half a captaining exercise and half a, a marketing and communications PR exercise to the, uh, to the country showing that two, two players can do it together. And they seem to have started off well. Um, it's going to be, you know, educating Australia that two players can sort of, that Cummins can captain, but Smith on the same page, one of the same thing can help him out when he's bowling spells. And so that's what they're going to be doing, I think, over the ashes and then coming up to, to overseas tours as well. So I think it's off to a good start. And I, I think it can work. I don't know why there's this, Lonely oh, cap- last week, last week you were the one saying how could this possibly work? No, this, you I can't was, change it in a week. I was last, expl- this time last week you were no. saying, "Where's he going to feel? How's he going to do this?" You were very, you were spot on. You were raising questions that needed to be answered. They haven't been answered yet, so don't come here and say, "Oh, things going to work." I'm on board. I mean, where is he going to feel? Is a huge, is a big one. But I think, it, I think it can work. It will work. In fact, so it'll be interesting to see. How they go, and um, there's going to be criticism as soon as Smith starts moving his hands around in the field. There's going to be like, "Oh, who's captain? Oh, he's tired." Yeah, so. I don't think it's going to work. I mean that absolutely seriously. I, I genuinely don't think it's it's going to work, and it's going to be interesting how we perceive Pat Cummins out of this because it, as, as we said last week, it means he has to play every test, so he's going to be exhausted. He's absolutely going to be exhausted, and I, I just I don't know how a guy that. Essentially, his best, his biggest skill is his ability to reach deep within himself and produce a bit of magic and bail out Australia. Like the amount of times he's bailed us out, and now he's going to be captain as well. Do you think he would have been playing five tests if if Tim Payne was still captain? No, you don't think he'd been playing all five ashes. I don't think any of them would have played five tests. Okay, well, that mean interesting because the obviously the the England the series in England in in two thousand nineteen was very successful and sort of an odd start with the rotation of bowlers and, and yeah and sort of really which he did play every test but yes but the other sort of it was very soon as that bowling team and, and horses for courses so 
interesting mm. anyway. But I've got no doubt that he won't be playing every test in he will in the Ashes unless injury. But mm. moving forward, there will be times, maybe even once, twice a year, where Smith does captain. Um, Are you on board with that? Are you back? Like Steve Smith's back. Like nobody seems to have an issue with. Yeah, it I'm fine with it. I'm 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 all right with it. I think. I do. Um, you have an issue? Yeah, absolutely. A bit of Ian Chapel about you. No, like it was the worst day. It was the worst day in Australian cricket, apparently, for a lot of people in uh, whatever it was, 70 years or something like that. And we're sitting around going, yeah, but he's good now. He's sweet. Is he? Has he shown any evidence whatsoever that the same thing wouldn't happen again under his leadership? Any at all? What evidence could you show? Exactly. This is my point. <laughs> what are you going to say? Oh, yeah, he's definitely changed. We just take the word for it of everyone in there. Oh, he did something really badly wrong. You've got to show evidence that you've changed. And yes, he's a great batsman. And it's almost like the, the 2019 Ashes absolved him of all those sins. And we're like, oh, well, he's not that bad. Well, no, he could still be. The same thing might happen. Nothing's changed. Well, perhaps Tails, this vice-captaincy, is that uh, chance for him to show to show that change in a, in a leadership position and, and then see what happens in the future um, over a couple of years if Cummins, depending on how he's going. Banners, we'll get to our hot takes a little bit later on, but mine was about Tim Payne not uh, not playing this test. But that does mean that somebody had to take his position. And it seems like it's going to be Alex Carey. It's pretty much all but confirmed that it's going to be Alex Carey. How do you feel about it? I think it's... it's. I feel good about it. I think it's the the choice that is... Um, has the most evidence to back it. And I feel like it is a safe choice for the selectors and mm-hmm. safe choice is something interesting that we tend to talk about with cricket a lot. Um, and it's something we say that it's going to give the selectors the least blowback if it fails, which is a strange attitude to have. And I don't even know if the selectors do have that attitude, but if you think about the other two, if they went back to Wade and it fails, then there's like a lot of like, why did you go back to Wade? That's outrageous. You know, future, um, Mm. Inglis, Inglis, great shield season last year. Um, started well, but is is not as experienced. And and but then Kerry, you know, he's been in the wings for long enough. He's he's waited his time. He's been pretty successful. He's kept to all the um, kept to all the bowlers before. A fair bit of experience there. He's in, um represented Australia, um, in the uh, limited overs. Um, and mm. he someone made a good point. Who was it during the week? I think it was. Oh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Ed Cowan, but. Just talking about how um, Kerry has experience um, keeping on other decks on with spinning decks compared to okay. English, who's just keeping at the whacker. Um, yeah, not I, against a quality um, spinner, and he sort of just discussing that you know any chance that goes down to Nathan Lyon really hurts the team. So that experience from Kerry true. probably wins through. That is true. I don't. Um, I don't have a problem with him picking Kerry. Like I, I think he'll be perfectly fine. I don't think you're going to see. Uh, a guy that's going to average 40 from down there. But I, I think he'll average, you know, early 30s with the bat. And I think he'd be a very good keeper. I don't think there is a better alternative out there. I think the English thing, I really dislike that because for some reason we've gotten to this habit of identifying players and and looking at players we think have some form of potential. Like Josh Inglis is nearly 27 he, with a first-class average of 34. Like well, what else are you going to see from him? that makes you think that he's going to be better than Kerry. I, I don't even know why he's part of the conversation. To be perfectly honest, he had a good 
Vitality Blast or whatever. I don't even know it was part of the conversation. And the other part, uh, Wade, which I think we talked about during the week, I was surprised he wasn't part of the conversation mm. because he he's the incumbent sort of limited overs keeper, sacrificed his game last year, as we remember. I thought it was interesting that he wasn't part of the conversation at the very least. It was just a non-starter for, um, for them. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So people seem to suggest that the English perhaps had more X factor than than Kerry. Even me. Yeah, I don't know. And Kerry, I, I I I don't subscribe to that one either. To be completely honest, Kerry can score a pretty quick hundred and change the game quite easily. Yeah. Again, I think it comes down to the fact that we're just searching for another Gilchrist. Um, it and, does. We always, and we always will be. Um, and you know, fuck, even bloody searching for another Haddon would be pretty handy. He scored some handy crashes runs. And I feel like Kerry, one of the things that seduces us all is like he's a very neat looking batsman. Mm, like we love he, tidy. He's yeah, he's a tidy looking batsman, a nice cover driver. Like, oh, this guy can play. Speaking well, the of numbers, the numbers sort of bear that out, but it's not Sean like Sean Marsh. When's she, Sean Marsh? Give him the opening spot. I'm surprised. Again, why is he not in the conversation? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I mean, let's not go. He, into, he, let's not go into Sean Marsh, but he is the best looking batsman I've ever seen. That's just true. But it's still weird. It's in that ashes. The Marsh Ashes of 2017, when Sean came in and averaged whatever it was, 50, and then Mitch came in and hit those 200. It's still so weird. <laughs> like, it was the pinnacle of both their careers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cricket takes a week. I, I still feel like we had the McGrath, um, Gilchrist and Warren retired, and then this is the, and then we have mm. this team. I forget about all the in-betweens that we had. Yeah, um, well, that's fair. Easily done. Um, yeah. All right, well, Kerry, I think good choice, Tails, and we'll uh, we'll see how he fares. But I think it's exciting to get him ha- uh, to see him have an opportunity, and you know, good to see a GWS player out on the field running around. So we love a multi-talented individual like Warney. Tails, as we discussed, the first test in Brisbane is looking very, very wet, uh, which is not great for the Ashes, not great for the cricket, but it is great to buy a raincoat. That's Raincoat with a K, the latest sponsor of the show. Um, They've got raincoats for kids, overalls for kids, all different sizes, colours and everything like that. Perfect family-owned Tasmanian business. Uh, So very exciting time if you want to get up to the Gabba for that first test, Tails. Absolutely, Vanders. And I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but because they are a modern company and they are imbued with such modern uh, values that uh, the packaging, I think, might even be biodegradable. Is that correct? Yes, packaging is biodegradable. There was some hints amongst you, you and myself that the raincoats themselves were biodegradable. But that, I think the listeners are that, pretty smart. They would know that a raincoat could be biodegradable. They would know that. So, yes, no, the packaging. Oh, but, you know, with children's clothes, they change size and, you know, you've got to get new stuff. And, you know, all this plastic packaging, it's an absolute waste. So, well done to to Raincoat. And, uh, you know, at the Gabba, you may see Paddy Dangerfield's kids up there with their Raincoats because he's a uh, he's a big fan of Raincoat. And I was catching up with him last week. Loves Raincoat. So, I feel like we've got, you know, what's going to happen here? We've got to organise this. We've got to get, we've, Raincoat has one Paddy on board. They've got Dangerfield. We've got to organise the other Paddy. The other big Paddy is Paddy Cummins. We've got to get Paddy Cummins mm. in touch with Roto and let him realise just how an amazing product it is. I mean, he's probably already in touch, but you can get in touch with Raincoat by going to raincoat.com. That's raincoat.com with a K. 
Tails, Warney just came up in our last uh, in our last conversation there about mm. Alex Carey drawing comparisons to his his footy days, but Warney always comes up as well in relation to this man, Mitchell Stark. Can oh. Warn not? I think something's gone on there. Honestly, fan. I don't know. I have no idea. But look, Warney doesn't love his body language. He's never never been a huge Starky fan. Um, and we've talked about Stark before. How you know he's a luxury, almost a luxury bowler. It's very good if your other three bowlers are playing well. Mm. Yeah, and, and he can do those short shaft spells. But if your other bowlers are on a, a flat wicket, then sometimes Starkey can be a little bit of a liability, as he was in that World Cup final mm. against New Zealand. But do you think Starkey is in trouble? I guess sort of two questions he tails for the first test um, and then his spot in the overall, in the overall series. Uh, I think he's fine for the first test, but in trouble is a, a funny word because we, we have... They will definitely rotate the bowlers, as we've we've suggested. I think he's going to be the first rotated out. I think uh, Neeser or Richardson will play in Adelaide with that ball nipping around a little bit. It does give him three quicks that do the exact same thing, you know, right up over. But I think he, um, I think one of those two will play in Adelaide, and one of those two will probably play in uh, in a day night test if the fifth test becomes a day night test. So yes, to answer your question, I think he is in a bit of trouble. Um, because isn't he sorry on your just to pick you up on that, hmm. isn't Starkey a weapon in the day night test because oh, of his swing? But you're absolutely. but you're this replacing is, this him. is the interesting thing. This mm. is the interesting thing is that his pink ball record is absolutely outstanding, absolutely outstanding. But I think if you're going to pick, you're not going to pick Neeser to play in Sydney, you're not going to pick Richardson to play in Melbourne. If you're going to pick those guys to play, you have to pick them in pink ball tests. And this is why I think Stark's in a little bit of danger. I don't think they're going to drop Hazelwood for a pink ball test. No. And you can't drop Cummins. So I think that's why it's going to be Stark that's the, uh, that's the one in trouble. Even though, as you say, his pink ball record is fantastic. Mm, interesting. He's like this, this, this luxury bowler, but he just never quite fits in. You just don't know when exactly to have him. Do you is think it, he deserves it, to be dropped? Like the, the situation I've laid out that no. needs to play in a couple of tests. Do you think that's fair or not? Oh, I don't think it's unfair. I, I just feel like he's just such a cherry on top bowler. Mm, okay. So it can be, can add so much, but do mm. you need him as your, like, do you need him to make a good bowling attack? No, but can he be outrageously good? Yes. It's, he's, he's such a hard one to, to. I feel, I feel I, like it's going to be a lot easier to drop him to your point. Exactly what you're saying. If we say, for example, we actually play in the cover, um, but we roll it through the first three tests with three nil up. Like it's a lot easier to drop him then. Mm. But what happens if we get down to the fourth test and it's 1-1 and you're like, shit, do we play Stark in Sydney and he's got a leak or mm. do we just go for Richardson who's just pretty steady? He's there. Plus Stark's so good at cleaning up the tail as well. This mm. handy tail order runs. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see how that one goes. But you, you're locking him in for the first test? I think he definitely plays the first test, yeah. Okay, I'm not so sure, but we will see see what happens with that. Ben, it's just talking about the Brisbane test. Probably very unlikely we're not going to get a lot of play out there. I don't think we're going to get a result. Certainly don't think so. Do you think this actually has a lot greater implications for the rest of the series if they don't play a full game in Brisbane? Yeah, 100%. Uh, 
I mean, England's tactic, as is every single team's tactic that come here, mm. is survive. Don't lose Brisbane. Just survive Brisbane, yep. and then all yep. of a sudden you're in. You're in with a shot because um, Australia is mm. so used to blowing opponents out of the water um, in Brisbane. So if Brisbane is wet, um, and and it is a draw, then England gets some good crack, uh, some good cricket practice in. Um, mm. They're not bowling long spells in the heat, probably because they're coming on and off the field. Then then I think that that that's a huge. Um, a huge get for England. And obviously both teams want to probably be playing mm. five tests, 25 days, but you know, that, that is, that is something that I think will play in England's favor. Well, and I think, and you think but, it, like, you think of their old, like their older players, their older bowlers, um, Broad and Anderson in particular, if we don't play much in Brisbane and they're fresh for the Adelaide day night test. And that's that they would look at that. They would have absolutely circled that and thought this is our best chance of getting a win. They obviously would have planned to, you know, to win the whole damn thing, but definitely their best chance to uh, to get the win would be for that particular um, for that particular game. So if they're fresh going into that game, mm. we haven't got a result in Brisbane. They could maybe jag a win in Adelaide. All of a sudden, we're one nil down, and the series completely changes. So it's incredible how much play we get in Brisbane can actually change this series. Can definitely change the course of the series. Oh, exactly. And you think if, you know, Broad and Anderson, they're both in their, I think, mid-50s now. You're thinking about them playing, um, you know, 25 days of test cricket, five tests, hot. They're not, it's not happening. They're playing maybe between them, maybe five or six tests. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden you lose Brisbane and then this new, this last test that's going to be played maybe day-night in Melbourne. So there's two of the four tests remaining are day-nighters. Mm. Anderson and Broad all of a sudden are playing all four games. Ooh. Then... The, the series can start to look pretty different, Taz. And I think probably going into this, people are underestimating England based on the weather, uh, I think. you know, and, mm-hmm. and the conditions are also very favourable with all the wet weather to, to broad air. Mm-hmm. And obviously our bowling attack, very talented as well, the swing ball. But I don't know, that first Brisbane test is making me just a little bit nervous because their confidence will be up if it's, if it's a draw, if it's even washed out. Even if they don't face a ball, they will be feeling confident from that test. The shorter the series is, the better the chance they have to win. And that's it will just be pulling hard for rain all week. That La Nina system hitting uh, hitting Brisbane very very hard. Charles, we've talked a lot of cricket this episode, as we probably will over the whole summer with the Ashes. But excitingly, uh, it is the Jack Jumpers' first game in the NBL against the mm. Brisbane Bulls this Friday at uh, in Hobart at yeah. uh, My State Bank Arena. So, you know, it's an exciting game and the Jack Jumpers on debut. So that is a, uh, a huge moment in, in Tasmanian sport. Yes, look, I'll be tuning in for that, Vanders. So are you able to get along to that one or not quite? I haven't been able to snap any free corporate tickets yet, but I'm assuming that after this pod goes out, I will be getting a few. So I would be surprised if I wasn't there. Oh, good to hear, Van. It's good to hear. Now, uh, did the Jack Jumpers feature in uh, in our hot takes last week? I don't think they did. What was yours from last last time out? No, my hot take last week was that we might see a uh, an October surprise, a bit of a scandal Ooh. going through the English camp before the first test. Now, yeah, I would say it, it hasn't happened yet. Really, there's been a bit of no. mumblings about about the racism scandal and Vaughan, but I'm going to say no. Um, but no. there is another week to go, so I'll say unsuccessful at this stage, but. Uh, but you know, another week, so we'll see. What about you? Uh, I think mine was my my. I actually got mine right. I did say TD Payne would not play the first test, 
And that our podcast was recorded before he announced that he would mm. uh, be taking a break. So it wasn't necessarily the situation I envisaged, but technically it is correct. Yeah, no, i happy with that. Well done. Happy with that. Uh, what take, do you got for us this week? What do I have for us this week? You go first. You go first. I want to, I want to, like we, we might have the same one. Speaking of the Brisbane test, my hot take is that less than 30%. So how many overs is that? 30%. So that's 135 overs. We're going to get less than 135 overs in the Brisbane test. This is going to be all right. That's risky. That's risky because we do know in Brisbane, it comes through hard, but the ground staff mm. and the drainage, they're back out 20 minutes later after a huge storm. So, yeah, look. No, I like it. It's pretty brave, yeah. to be honest, but I like it. I am going that Mitchell Stark will not be picked for the first test. Ooh, again, this is, see, every time you push something, I always feel like you've got something. Again, but you're pushing the Stark thing. Nobody else has put that, that, it's not coming up anywhere else. You're my, pushing it. My records in hot takes would, would suggest that I have no sources. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, I feel uh, like you've got something. We'll see. Well, Tails, we're going to see each other again uh, and put a uh, put a put an app out before the first test, on the eve of the yes. first test. So any late news, mm-hmm. um, we will be getting to you, listeners. So uh, we look forward to that episode. Um, and so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch you in just under a week with some uh, some news about hopefully the team lineups and w- what the battles are to watch in the first test, Tails. See you then, Vanders.